Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Zach, you don't even need to edit this episode. I got it from here. <laughs> welcome back <laughs> to Purple Luna Podcast. I am Stephanie Conti, and I am here with the Marie to my Malcolm. Although no. Ooh. Ooh. Although no, that's why I said that. <laughs> Savannah Lanause. Hey. Hey, how you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. So we're just going to jump straight into it. But before that, if you are not subscribed right now if you're listening to this on youtube and you're like that subscribe button has not been clicked yet well what are you doing with your life yeah subscribe it's free it is free i'm not even asking i'm not i'm not a real youtuber i'm not even asking ring that bell whatever no if you're listening on spotify thank you 100 percent. if you're not listening on spotify what are you doing what are you doing um if you notice, our schedule has been a little bit wonky. Uh, rest assured, it is slowly getting back on the tracks, and that is because of school. That is it. I'm not sorry for it. I had to do what I had to do. Um, so without further ado, we are going to jump straight in. No no segues, no nothing, no, how are you doing? What movies are you watching? We're cutting that out. We're going straight into the movies. I just had Down another shot of matcha, and I'm ready to go. Down to business today. Down to business. Unhinged, off the wheels, electric boogaloo. Is, You're getting an authentic review today. It's the real review. It's the oh real us. God, yeah. Could have get something real <laughs> based off of me. Okay, before we get into that. Um, so today, as if you could probably tell, we're going to be talking about Malcolm and Marie. It's a new movie that came out this year. Um, and essentially, the plot is a director and his girlfriends. Are you good? You fiddling around with your mic. Are you sorry? Good? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I literally, I feel like when that happens, that all of a sudden my hand, my head has turned into like a can of corn and it's just rattling on the I'm table. sorry. I'm jumpy. I don't know why. It's okay. I forget. I, it's because I started off the episode at like a, a level 15. <laughs> so let's keep going. So Malcolm and Marie is about a director and his girlfriend's relationship is tested after they return home from his movie premiere and face each other's turmoil during one long night. And a long night, it definitely is. It is written and directed by Sam Levison. Um, Sam Levison is also responsible for Euphoria. So if you didn't know that, now you know. And it stars two people and two people only, John David Washington and Zendaya. Another really cool, fun fact about this movie is that this movie was made during quarantine last year. Um, literally, I think it was just Malcolm, or, you know, John David Washington, Zendaya, and the director all lived within, I believe, that house that they actually filmed in. Um, so really, really cool and interesting. Um, but now we have to talk about the movie. So Savannah, without spoiling anything, what did you think about Malcolm and Marie? Okay. First. Ooh, I'm, 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 I'm scooting closer and I'm getting real close to the mic now. Waiting. The first thing that comes to mind, and please don't like, there are some good things about this movie, but. It's okay. I'm not a film bro. I'm not going to try to school you or educate you. Just, just say what you have to say, sweet pea. This is Oscar bait if I've ever seen it. They went into this movie thinking it was going to be this great thing. And nobody talked about it after 15 minutes of it being in the spotlight. And there's a reason why. Don't get me wrong. Zendaya and John Washington did a fantastic job. They did what they did. I really enjoyed their acting. But this movie is only dialogue. Like, you're working with just dialogue. Yep. And it misses the mark because it's trying to be something it's really not. 
Yeah, um, I agree. I think this movie is a good movie, but sure. it really is. There is something, I, it, it's so weird to say this, but this movie, it feels like I'm watching a Lars von Trier movie because it's so pretentious. It really is. And I it's heard that cool. critique before going into it, and I was just like, okay, it's because people don't like black and white movies. I was convinced. I'm like, oh, it's black and white. People are not going to like it. No. The dialogue is not self-aware at all. And it's written in a way where, like, these two main characters think they are all that. And it's not self-aware. And, and the thing is, is that it's okay to have characters like that. But you created an atmosphere to have these characters believe that they're all that and continue to keep them on a high pedestal <laughs> throughout the entire movie i mean come on like i mean like even though faults and everything were thrown and stuff like that at each other you know and fidelity you're pompous you suck <laughs> you're just mediocre whatever it's still no one dropped down off their pedestal you know i feel no, like everyone like was still superior because the movie made them that but the worst thing they did is be superior to the audience. That is where you always go wrong. If you make a movie and the two characters are like, I am superior, and the writing is, I am superior even to those who are watching, that is where you go wrong. This movie is supposed to be, from what I thought I saw, a critique on Hollywood, which I would have appreciated more if the two main characters didn't think they were God's gifts to the world, unfortunately. And you know what? Part of me was just hoping, I swear to God, I, this makes me sound awful. So part of me was like, someone please reveal that they have a mental illness because this makes no sense. <laughs> like, I was really just like, someone please tell me like that you have like some issue or something like that, rather than just being crazy and narcissistic <laughs> because it really just and like i was really hoping for that now we're gonna get into spoilers um i was really hoping for that even with the point where um zendaya has the knife i was yeah. like yes she's crazy she's mentally ill that would have been this great. is this is what we need this is starting to make sense why people behave this way but again it was just another opportunity for the characters to show off it really just felt like honestly too actors going head to head to see who's the best that's really just what it felt like it really just felt like you know a a competition it really just felt like oh yeah let's see who's the best here and you know who gets the last word and stuff it really doesn't feel like you're watching a couple going through something it just feels like two great actors just trying to prove themselves as great but that is i feel like at the end of the day that's a problem with the script because i think they're acting I think they did what they were given. Yeah, no, and I'm and I do not put that fault on Zendaya or John David Washington. I think they did fantastic. I think they are the best things about this movie is their sure. acting and how convincing they are in the roles. The issue is the roles. And the issue is is that this director, it kind of just feels like he has two of his favorite actors and he's like playing, you know, dolls with them. And it's like, I want you to do this. <laughs> oh, but you, one? you have to know, like, I'm sorry, but it couldn't have been more obvious that this person was going for like, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. And I Absolutely. think, I think that went so south because there was no plot in a way, like who's, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? There was a point. 
to what was going on. There was a point where that, why these two characters were nasty and narcissistic. There was no point to these two characters being crazy for three, for two hours. And I truly feel like this is movie is a bit of a letdown because you and I have both seen what this director can do. Yeah. Like, for example, one of the things that I've said before, and we I've mentioned about this on the podcast, was the U- Euphoria um, special episode where it, it almost felt like an hour long, maybe hour and a half long movie um, centering around one character, but kind of deviates from the main storyline for a little bit. That in and of its own, even when you separate it from the Euphoria line, or the, you know, the main show, fantastic. Amazing. So you know that this guy can really work with characters and actors and, he can and things write. like that. He can write. I feel like this guy said, all right, I'm going to take these great, and keep in mind, all the arguments that these couple, this, this couple has in this movie are great arguments to have seen in a movie, but not all in one movie. Like, it should have been like, all right, add this argument to this movie. Add this argument to another movie down the road. When you put it all in one movie, it all of it just becomes the same level. You can't appreciate, you know, one argument if the entire movie is just one big argument. And several topics. My, I think that one of the best things I think they could have ran with is a director waiting for a review of his film. And the criticism he had on that, because I think when he was going off about the criticism, I thought they were valid points. But because it was in a manner of like, I know I'm the best. I know these people. And it went on way too long. It went on way too long. And I don't like the fact, and like, yes, John David Washington was fantastic. The scene went too long. I'm sorry, but I would never, I don't care if they were husband, boyfriend, brother, best friend. I would never let someone boost up their own ego like that for 12 minutes (laughs) that is unrealistic that's how you create monsters is when you let people go on these rampage and like keep in mind it wasn't even a bad review i understood some points like you were saying some points he was making especially about how the woman who viewed his movie kind of instantly slabbed on the race card and stuff like that that was a fair argument right then and there sure but she didn't say it was a bad movie. She said it was still a good movie. And apparently that whole scene, I I disliked even more when I found out it was because in real life, the director got a review on one of his previous movies and had an episode uh, like this. That like made that. me like that scene even less. Because you can't take criticism then. I'm sorry. But like I, like, I totally understood the whole concept and stuff like that. But to have this man go on for 12 minutes just validating himself and his partner just there like, yep, yep. It just, it felt Especially when she was burning me. him five minutes ago. She's just going to let him go off about himself when five minutes ago she was saying he was the worst. You know what I mean? Mediocre, you know, things like that. Yeah. It just, it's very pompous. It's very, very pompous. This doesn't feel like a- It's um, not genuine. The director was trying to reach for something. Someone who, in this movie, they go over and over about authenticity. That's one of the one things that this movie lacks. Yes. It's clearly just Oscar bait. And it could have been so much more than that. But this person was definitely shooting for a nomination. And very much missed the mark. 
there was a lot of unrealistic information about the movie, especially regarding Zendaya, about how she was a drug addict. I just felt like the whole thing was like, is that really what's going on? Because there's no... And they did a great job. She did a fantastic job. He did a fantastic job, but they were given. But there were several points of the movie where I'm just like sitting there. There's no way like this all collectively makes sense because it doesn't. Yeah. And I think also a part of me, and and here's the thing. Here is one of the things that I, I understand it should not, you know, come. It, it really... I, it, this movie makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable because literally Zendaya is still playing a high schooler on shows. And here she is with a 35 year old man. Who clearly looks 35. Let's be honest. Clearly looks, and she looks even younger. I don't care if you put on the heavy makeup on her. I don't care if you throw on, you know, the skimpy dress and show her butt cheeks. You know, it, it's still like, you're, this is still a woman who is playing a teenager on a certain show so it's weird going from that to that and i'm not saying that no that listen. Is not, that's not zendaya's fault that is not zendaya's fault that is not it, it, it's just weird that also this is the same person who is depicting a her as a high schooler and is now depicting her as this it just it that's what makes it weird to me it's not I, a separate director i okay so i don't know how old she's supposed to be in the movie the problem 20. I have specific- she's, uh, she's actually supposed to be 22 in the movie. Okay. And he's 32 in the movie. So she was supposed to be a really heavy drug addict, right? Yeah. I don't see that. I don't see that. Maybe because she smokes and because she's very, very thin, but I don't see it. Especially when it was people it's that heroin. do drugs age. So even if you're talking about a 22 year old, She's gonna look a little older, so that's a that's a problem I have with the movie because you're talking about this girl was on drugs for a while, and not just the, any drugs, heroin, heroin, and like, to the point where they were together and she was still on drugs. So you're going to look older when you were on heroin. She looked beautiful and youthful. It 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 really that's an element that took me out of the movie because I'm just like this girl looks like a spring chicken, gorgeous. John David Washington fits the character to a T. He does. He does. He fits the character to the T. But Zendaya, and not to her fault, but just with casting, it misses the mark. And she does not have the appearance of, like you said, the drug dealer. She, oh, drug, uh, you know, addiction. uh, The person who was addicted. She does not have the person of this rugged past. Especially when the entire movie, you either see her in barely any clothes or a stunning dress it's very hard to make that connection she was also very smart and not to say people that are on drugs can't be very smart but to the point where like she was like I know who I am I'm so confident I know this this and that somebody that's in her position would be insecure she's dating this Hollywood actor, I mean, director who has a beautiful lead in his film. And you see that sometimes, but you would think it would take more of a toll on the conversation. Especially since the age difference is stated in the movie. And even the director says it plays as a certain theme to the movie. There's never a moment where it feels like it's weird because of the way the dialogue is. Even though when you look at it, it feels like a grown man and an adult with a young girl. The dialogue doesn't reflect that. Yes. And that's the thing. He says the director claims that that is a theme of this movie. Really? And I just don't see it. 
Because what? What is I? The drug use was a theme of the movie because he was talking about, oh, I dated a lot of girls on drugs. But I never saw age come into that factor because he's, whatever way you paint it, he is visibly older than her. No matter if she's 22, whatever, he looks Black and white, older. color, whatever it is. The way that they frame her and everything, she's just very young looking. Yeah. And I think that's a fault. Unless they were going to play on that, which they didn't, it's a fault of the film. Like, they could have easily thrown in the argument. John David Washington's character, Malcolm, could have easily thrown in the argument, what do you know, you're just a kid. And I wish that was in there because it would have at least justified the age difference between them. It just felt like you had two people with who, and it was very, like you kept saying, Virginia Woolf. They acted like they've been in a bitter marriage for 50 years. Meanwhile, they're only in like their one or two years of dating each other. And they're just completely toxic for each other. And it's just a power struggle the entire time. And I don't like that. It wasn't done well. It was done to show off. And I think that's the issue. It wasn't even to show off the actor's skills. It was just to show off, oh, look how smart this dialogue is. Look how self-aware these characters are. When really we're just watching two narcissistic people with problems yell at each other for two hours. It's not impressive. And who never, and they are extremely flawed characters, which is not a bad thing always. But when you just have flawed characters and you end up in the end with flawed characters, there's no retribution. There's no beginning and end. There's no character development. You just see two people increasingly become shittier. I, you know, this is the problem. I think if you're going to make a social critique and a, a couple toxic drama, it has to make sense because I think these two fusions, I think their toxicity was supposed to like be some social like Hollywood critique, some social thing. It didn't go well. The director completely botched it. And here's, okay, and I might be teetering on a very fine line here, but just, I'm not trying to be rude or anything like that. And I'm going to try to say this the best I could. I really just don't understand how, like when I compare it to the episode, the euphoria episode that I really enjoyed. Um, they talk about race in that as well. And it works. They talk about race in this movie and it doesn't work. And my question is this, why is race such a huge topic, even though, you know, John David Washington says it's not going to be. And I understand, I understand that full argument, but this is done by a white director. And I just really don't understand why it keeps being a theme. Because he's works. trying to play social justice warrior. Okay. That's I, I, And I, I'm really trying not, and I don't, and I'm not to say like, oh no, only, no. you know, no, I'm, no, no. I'm, I'm not trying to say at all, like only people of color can talk about people no. of color struggles. No. I, I think obviously, as long as it's being portrayed accurately, as well as portrayed caringly, I yeah. think you can do that. But I just don't understand this repeated theme and this repeated ego of the theme that occurs you know with between the two like it really just it feels weird it feels very weird it doesn't feel like it, it when I watch this movie I'm I hate to say it, it doesn't feel like a 
black man telling a story. It feels like a black man with a white man's mouth telling the story in some aspects. And I hate saying that, but it just genuinely, that's where the lack of authenticity is happening. You have two characters, one who is raised in a really great, you know, it, it with a professor as a father and a doctor as a mother, yeah. that type of setting. And then you have a drug, uh, you know, a drug addict and they are the actors who they picked. Maybe John David Washington sells it, but Zendaya does not sell that background and does which not is, sell no. the struggle of a character with that background. Which is insane because she plays a drug addict on Euphoria. So exactly. this is just telling me this is the director, the writer's fault because you know she can sell play being a drug addict. And this movie fell completely flat. And I think the problem is the director reached too high with all this, like you're saying, the racial stuff. You know that in Euphoria, it works. But for some reason in this movie, it felt very fake. It felt very like, oh, look at me. I'm I'm pro this. I, I'm on the right side. You know, this and that. It didn't come across as an authentic struggle. It feels like it was just kind of slapped in there. So that way there could be a news headline talking about the scene. You know, it didn't feel like it, although like I keep saying, like there's just, and it just comes up so often. It comes up in the beginning, it comes up in the middle and it comes up at the end and things like that. And it's like for someone who has a character that's trying to say so badly that the race does not matter in this case, you are making it a subplot of the movie. But again, what my thing about that is it had nothing to do with the couple. Nothing, nothing to do to with do the couple. With the, with the and fights. there was no, like, actually articulated conversation about the topic. It was just something that he kept bringing up to boost his ego. Again, that is where this movie really is disappointing. And I don't know what he was trying to go for. Maybe, like, oh, look at these two flawed people, two narcissistic people. Even that. Again, when you start talking down to your audience, when you start telling your audience like, oh, look how smart these characters are and look, nobody's going to like that. Nobody likes being talked down to the whole movie and nobody likes feeling like, oh, like look at these two people just boost up themselves. And I think you can write narcissism. You can write narcissism into a character but not without fault and not without some type of retribution. I'm sorry, but if you have a narcissist who gets away easily in all the films, like like I said, a house, like I was talking about a house that Jack built last episode. Imagine if the house that Jack built let the, the guy lived. It would have been a totally different movie. Totally different movie. There has to be some type of, you know, karma effect. And, and this totally doesn't. You have two crappy people doing crappy things to each other and they end up totally fine in the end they don't have any lessons learned they both still think that they are the best and better than each other and that's where this movie is like no you just gave two really gross characters the spotlight for an hour and 45 minutes and it was supposed to be this amazing thing that's the worst part like, even i one of my favorites last tango in paris you a similar dynamic that happens where they do have, because remember, in Last Tango in Paris, Maria Schneider's a young girl. Brando is like a guy in his 40s. But they do talk about that age difference and how it affects them. But also, what even though they are both crappy people, one of them does end up suffering in the end. Well, technically, both of them do. Yeah. But it, it's one of those things where there's a balance. There's a cause and effect. Just, just feels like cause, 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 cause. But no effect. And it's just, it baffles me. Because, look. 
this movie, I could have applauded. I would have done, I would have really enjoyed this movie if it was a short film. If this was a 30 minute short film, awesome. You had solid acting. You told what you wanted to tell. You had, and maybe add some type of resolution in the end. But you had a one hour and 45 minute schmooze fest talking about, and really just using two characters to project your big brain headed film opinions and how you think you're better than everyone. Like get real dude. Like it kind of makes me lose a little bit of respect for the director. It's kind of like when, um, and, and I'm not look. this is like comparing, you know, apples, not to oranges, but this is comparing like apples to, uh, I I don't know, cauliflower or something. (laughs) But like, it's kind of like when Woody Allen made Manhattan. Yeah. That movie was for him and only him. (laughs) <laughs> this movie feel, Malcolm and Marie feels like a movie for Sam Levinson only for Sam Levinson to just boost his ego yeah and like, it, look what I did but it didn't work this movie we went out and then 15 minutes later everyone stopped talking about it because it wasn't good it was supposed to be Oscar bait it was supposed to be like I guess project him into this new level but everybody sees through it everybody sees through all this in in inauthenticity all this self-boasting it's not going to get you anywhere. And it's because you talk down your audience and it's because you put these two people on screen that just are crazy. And crazy, not even like, like I said, that's why I kept wishing there was a mental illness. Cause at least I could have felt sorry for someone. At least I could have <laughs> been like, man, you're a little bit off your rocker today. Maybe you don't have your meds or whatever. Like or I she really- was still on drugs. Great. You can work with something there. You can work with something. You can actually explain why a person is being crappy to the partner who's just been going around in circles saying, I hate you, but I love you and I can't shake you and blah, 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 blah. And it's just, it really boosts the director's ego, glorifies a horrible type of relationship that should not occur in real life ever. There's a five minute scene where he just berates her in the bathtub and talks about his conquest a conquest and talks about how she's nothing special or me and she, and she does it at some point too she doesn't go that far but she does sort of get him back what is what is that that was that was my yeah. issue with this i'm just like so you're doing this for the sake of what what does that bring to the movie you're trying to tell us they're toxic we can clearly see that you can't make, I'm sorry, but in a relationship, it is so unrealistic for a partner to make fun of their partner's suicide attempt and then come back out from it and be like, but I don't need you. I just want you because I love you like crazy. What? Dude, I'm sorry, but if my partner was partner was like, oh, I have pictures of girls in heart-shaped tubs, that's it. That's it. And then also, like, it, it just really, like, it felt like another way to look at it is just two people changing a mask during every argument. You would see moments, like, I wish at some point it was, like, you know, some doctor was, like, standing outside and be like, yeah, they're schizo or just <laughs> something because it was always a game. It was never a – Yeah, it was a game. It was a big I'm just game. Tr- it never, like – I never felt like either character was actually being genuine because it just went on for so long and it just became a contest as who can hurt each other the most. But what is that? This is my issue. There's no point of this movie. 
besides, look at these two toxic people. There was no point. There was no meaning except to watch these two people fight and one-up each other every five minutes. Honestly, the movie could have ended um, when... Really early on, I hate to say it, but um, the movie really could have ended when she goes crazy and he pretends and stuff. And they could have ended it on a lighter note, at least, rather than, oh, sorry, I burped, um, rather than this weird, like, what was it? Uh, the stand outside? You. I don't know. This very standoffish, like, I think they said that they're sorry. I think this is their way of reconcile, but it's not obvious. It's cheap. After all that, you're just going to stand outside holding hands? That's it? I think also what really made this movie, because I did, honestly, I will admit, up to the point where um, she probably takes out, like, the, the, the knife and stuff like that, I did enjoy the movie. What really made me realize, like, nope, I don't like this movie, was when he gets the movie review. A yeah, good no, movie that review, was you praising him, and he still found a way to make it all about him and how he was robbed of something. Dude, the movie is also super repetitive. Yeah, it really is. Like it's on and off for two hours. It's repetitive of him being a narcissist, her complaining about something, and then them insulting each other, and then them making up for two minutes, and then she gets upset. Like it's very repetitive. And the plot really goes nowhere, except let's see what you can find to argue about. Yeah. And it, it there's also just something really, and I'm going to use the word gross, really gross about when you see these characters have moments of silence and you just see them thinking about what words that they're going to use to just tear each other apart. And then also like, come on. I mean, I really think the whole, um, what John David Washington's character, when he literally tells her like, I could destroy you. Yeah, Ugh, what it just that? No, it just no, it just two two horrible people just trying to one up each other during the entire movie with no resolution, no nothing. And in the end, I don't care. I don't care about either character because I both think that they deserve so much crap that the movie didn't give them. Absolutely. They're just bad people. You watch just horrible people They're for also two hours. Extremely entitled yeah that is so unrealistic but both of them are on in tight like both of them are entitled and that's what makes it unrealistic maybe him but she should not have been entitled to anything and she acts like she is the whole time and that's not realistic there should have been a lot of insecurity like visible insecurity on her end but there wasn't she was just just as smart just as quick just as a smooth talker as him and that's not realistic Like, they were perfectly matched, and I understand sometimes that works. Like, in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? They were perfectly matched. This doesn't work because there's a clear disadvantage with one. And the movie doesn't show that. Oh, and I got to be honest with you. This reminds me of something. Okay, so I'm noticing a trend of movies that I don't like, and I genuinely do not like couple movies or movies about couples, you know, and things like that, that I hate to say are written by men. And even though I love Last Time in Paris, I love The Woman Next Door. A marriage story? Forget it. Because they feel like it's so, if for a movie that's really trying hard to be authentic and balanced comparing both those movies, they are so always leaning 
towards the men. And I understand, like, yes, you're, you're writing it from a perspective, but you're writing, like, for example, in the case of a marriage story, which a title like a marriage story, you somehow skewed the entire relationship to be in favor of one person. Meanwhile, it, it was supposed to be split. It was supposed to be split and fair. Like, let's be honest. This is a movie too. You got two equally crappy people. Do not shine a light on John David Washington's character because it's its movie premiere. Like, come on. Yeah. It just, I I really just can't with these, I, I just need it to be more balanced. You know, like, I don't care if you have a crappy male lead and a crappy female lead or one crappy and one the other. Make it balanced. If not, then don't change. Then you know what? Don't have the movie Malcolm and Marie. Just have it Malcolm. Just have it Malcolm. That's it. Everybody is trying to do, and I keep bringing up Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf because it is the prime example of the toxic couple. Everybody has been trying to copy that for years, and nobody can get it down because of what you're saying. It's usually skewed one way. Instead of showing two equally faulted people and a reason for it, it, we're always missing a reason. Everybody just gets upset with each other and, oh, you didn't spend enough time with me and you you cheated and this and that. There's never a really, we never get to the roots. And with Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, we get to the roots. They never yeah. had a child and they're just like going crazy over it. And they make up this fake life and they're torturing each other over it. That's a deep root. Everything else is very, not shallow, but very grabbable issues. Like, oh, you cheated on me because you're not home anymore. And oh, well, you stole this from me. Like, it's all just very like easy grabs. There's never any roots. And I think until you can make a movie that has roots, you're going to get this, whatever this is, this toxic fight situation that had no meaning. They were just bad people. Not good. Yeah, and I like I'm looking up right now. So the the direct trivia um, that talks about the whole movie review scene, and it says Malcolm's intense dislike of an unnamed white female film critic from the LA Times is due to an unfavorable review of his previous film. is generally perceived to be a reference to LA Time critics uh, Katie Walsh, who wrote a negative review on writer director Sam Levison's earlier film Assassination Assassination Nation. So he's just like being petty. He's and just getting also, back. And here's, and what I think is really funny how John David Washington's character, Malcolm, goes on and saying that this woman is slapping on a race title for exploitation or for some like to feel sorry for John David Washington, to feel sorry for his character and that he's a black director and things like that. Meanwhile, the actual review of Assassination Nation, the the actual title is an exploitative horror that has the gall to lecture us on girl power. So it's really the reverse of it. He does mention something about him being exploitive to women. If you like a really quick thing about how he was taking advantage of the male gaze, I think. So if yeah, all that's of this in his is whole just, rant and everything like that. If all of this is just him getting back at some reviewer, that's really even you, just that scene. Like I, I'm sorry, but I can understand like the character going. But this whole movie isn't about race, and then and then Marie's character going. I know, I know, but it's still a good review of him being like, "Yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm gonna focus on that," you know. But he just went on and on and on. It just same. It shit. definitely seemed like some 
deep-spirited issue when it didn't need to be. Yeah, and it, it, then you had this whole rant that, you know, it just felt like a whole social justice movement, you know? And then, I'm so sorry, but this whole... I can't, I can't, I can't deal with it, Savannah. I really can't deal with <laughs> these men trying to explain film to us puny women. I really can't. Oh my god! I really can't deal the with it. The amount of times he talked down to the audience about filmmaking and the art of it. Like, dude, we're all not idiots, first of all. And you putting a movie in black and white isn't I the mean- most savvy thing in the world. Congratulations, you watched eight and a half. (laughs) Like, the amount of times this man talked down to his audience to prove that he is so much smarter than the rest of us is so pathetic. It really is. And I'm using a strong word because the minute you talk down to the audience is the minute you messed up because nobody likes being talked down to, especially your audience, who most of us, I'm sorry, but all of us can roughly understand your like, filmmaking career. Dude, don't start an argument with saying, like, I don't care if these people don't understand Citizen Kane. Huh? <laughs> what? Dude, what? We all understand Citizen Kane. Some of us didn't like it. I liked it, but everyone's entitled to their opinion. I don't like that that whole, like, oh, you just didn't understand it. Yes, we did. We chose not to like your movie. Sorry. Yeah, then going on about Battle of Algiers and stuff, it's like, boo-hoo. Like, I really like it being like, they don't understand me because I love Battle of Algiers. Well, goddamn, dude, take it easy. Like, I don't know what else they want. Like, especially as someone, like, I either feel like a film person is either going to love this movie because it's talking to them and speaking to them and boosting their own ego, (laughs) or it's going to be people like us that just don't like this movie because these are the type of people in the industry that ruin it for everyone. And let's make something clear. We never get on here and rip apart a movie. So this is not good. Um, again, I really would have liked it. And this is, this is what I was thinking of. Cause I saw this movie with Paulo and I said, I think I told him it would have been a lot better if it was Marie and Malcolm, if she was the film critic or the f- director and he was the drug addict. Yeah. That it really, I think it really would have, you know, switched it, especially just cause, um, you know, John David Washington is a little bit older looking is, is a little bit more rugged around the edges, if you will. Um, yeah, and it would have made more sense, and it really would have made also the jealousy factor of not starring in the movie more of like a, whoa, hey, there, there's a surprise. And then instead of going like, oh, this stuff, when she said like, why didn't you cast me? I was like, girl. This like- is what it's about. This, I, I will admit, I, w- I felt with, you know, John David, with my, uh, John David Washington's character, I was like, yep, this is what the movie's about. This is a, literally a girl who just didn't get casted in the role that she wanted to. And like things like, like it just, I would, I, I normally don't like bashing movies like this, but I hate to say it, but this movie can easily, easily turn people away from wanting to explore movies or go into the industry. Because when you watch it, you're like, oh, this is what we got to deal with in the industry. If I go into this movie, right, and I don't know anything about movies and someone's trying to put me on to cinema, I'm going to be upset because I feel like they're calling me stupid the whole time. I feel like, oh, I can't understand the complexity of filmmaking. And I think that's wrong. 
I also don't understand why this movie's in black and white. I maybe maybe because of some production or something like that. Maybe because you know costume wasn't right. What whatever it is whatever imperfection. Maybe it was just to make Zendaya look older. Maybe it was to be like, hey, I know what neo realism is, so I'm gonna use black and white and do all these really intrinsic shots and stuff like that. Because I watched an Abbas Akirostami film. <laughs> I was like, I, I really don't care. Just give it some purpose and reason to it. Like, don't just be like, I'm gonna throw this in because I like Elephant Man. Like, don't do that to me. <laughs> give me a reason why it's in black and white. You know, exactly. <laughs> like, I just feel like a lot of this movie was just because and it felt like you were saying this is oddly personal and just inauthentic and I don't like that director talks down to us the entire time that was my biggest peeve and I, like I be- said I like this dude's work I love euphoria I love the show and stuff like that but this really it's just this really is the most hypocritical film I've ever seen a film yeah. that dissects what a film should be and goes in the complete opposite of what it should be and has all these opinions that are just kind of dog shit let's be honest this was lunacy watching this was like actually like well and also like now that i'm thinking about it with euphoria they have like a is he the main writer or do they have other main writer and director i believe so like i'm very upset because we know he can write and we know he can write well I don't know. If, maybe this was like a personal agenda. That's what I'm thinking now. Maybe this was his personal message that he wanted to get out into the world. Yeah, he's directed seven episodes of Euphoria and he's the creator of Euphoria. And look, this guy, I think he's talented. I think he's got a lot of stuff to him. But I also think maybe Euphoria being such a big hit got to his head. It could have. I think if he keeps going down this road of the ego he's just gonna be Lars but even still then he's but I listen, hate to say, I look I'm not look Lars I am can write. I'm not a big fan of Lars but his work is outstanding this was not outstanding and at least when you watch a movie like a house that Jack built that is clearly you know pompous in nature at least it can openly admit that to itself and at it's very least it has some type of retribution in the end. Whereas this movie is just, oh no, I wrote this for cinema's sake, not for my own personal ego. Like, dude, come on. It's like, just, it's it's very, we all could see through it. And I yep. think, again, it's Oscar bait. And I'm sure he was very disappointed by the fact that nobody, this movie came out in February. Nobody talked about it since then. And it sucks too, because, this movie has fantastic acting. Fantastic oh, yeah. acting by done both by Zendaya and John David Washington. Some of their best acting that I've ever seen, but only in fragments, not as a movie in whole, because the characters are extremely flawed and unlikable and personally like just gross and gross without retribution. And that is a very, very big stain to have on a movie. Yeah, unfortunately, I hope the director and the, yeah, I hope he gets his kind of stuff together. And I hope the way this film was perceived, because a lot, it it doesn't have great reviews. I hope this kind of gets into his head. And he's like, okay, I this is not. I good. hope the director actually learns something from this. And I yeah. hope, look, I don't ever think he's gonna ever listen to our podcast. But I hope if he does, like, dude, like you're like, if if I were to talk to the guy, I'd be like, dude, you're talented. You, you know what to do. But this right here was just you trying to prove it. 
This wasn't you trying to explain a story, tell character, you know, tell about characters, have, you know, really show off actors, their best acting scene, because really you did these two actors an injustice by giving them crappy, crappy characters. Absolutely. I think I would, yeah, I would say he's got to stop talking down to his audience and he has just got to do what he's been doing with Euphoria and not for his sake. I feel like this movie was for him, like you were saying. So I do hope that with the reviews of this film and the fact that it faded away so quickly, maybe... And, you know, I don't think there's a bad thing about making a movie for you. like. But if it's for, for example, your ego. If but it's if it's for... for an audience of one. Here's the thing. I feel like you can make a movie for you because it's a story that you want to tell. But if this is just something that you want to be told, that is so something different. And that's what this movie is. I don't think it's him trying to tell a story. I think it's just his version of what he would love to hear. Yes. Yeah. Definitely would not recommend, to say the least. I mean, like, I think you could watch some scenes here and there just to really see the good acting and everything like that, but... There's no reason why anybody needs to watch two hours of this, unfortunately. No, honestly, you're better off seeing, uh, if you want to see Toxic Couples, three movies for you. For, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, Last Tango in Paris, and The Woman Next Door. Oh, There's fantastic. Your, those three right there were the, the powerhouses of, of toxicity. toxicity. And, I, and here's the thing, I love it because it's toxicity, and each of each of those films has some type of solid ending it's and rude. some line that says, hey, these people are crappy, and you should not be this person in real life. Absolutely. There's roots to those movies. It's not shallow at the end of the day. Not at all. So this movie, I mean, go watch it, but if, <laughs> especially if you're a film lover or if you're a film critic and stuff like that, this really just kind of feels like a slap in the face where it's like, I don't care what your opinion is, even though you gave me a great review. Like, what? What do you want me to do? You want me to spin <laughs> in your face? Uh, well, I give it a five out of ten. No, a four out of ten. I, I'll give it a 4.5 for acting sake. Would I own it on DVD? Absolutely not. If I see this within the criterion for the next few years, homies, I'm coming for you. I'm going oh, to New York. Oh, we have to write a letter. I'm hopping on the plane. We have to have a Zoom Fist meeting. cuffs in the criterion closet. Whoever <laughs> wins gets to take movies out. And it's going to be me. So I want movies for the pain and suffering of this movie if they press it onto a DVD. They already made a mistake with the marriage story. They're not. I really hope this doesn't end up on there. Like, I mean, like, you know, you know, you done goofed it when someone would rather pick Armageddon over <laughs> a marriage story. And I am that person. Oh, yeah. So, Criterion, for the love of God, please do not make the same mistake again. I do think if you wanted to see this movie for any reason, do it because you're either a writer or a director and you want to know what not to do in storytelling you can learn a lot from this movie and that would be the only reason why i would recommend it to someone however if you are someone who's looking for an ego boost do not watch this movie you don't need the ego boost i'm sorry no <laughs> get it from the real world um or it just no it's just it does not work it just Sadly, and it looks pretty. It looks pretty. There's some really nice shots there. And it's, sure. it is framed very well. But it just misses the mark by a football field, without a doubt. Yeah. No, would not recommend. Sorry. Wow, we really tore that. I haven't tore up a movie like this since I tore up Pixels. And I almost got a death threat from tearing up pic <laughs> Pixels. <laughs> 
so Ooh, yeah we haven't this is the first movie we've like actively talked bad about on this channel but i feel like because here's the thing i don't like talking bad about movies when they're just downright bad without anything else to say about it like this i feel is like a really good learning stone for you know milestone or something like if you wanted to yeah. learn and things like that like this is something you could learn from it i also just feel like a movie like this doesn't get a lot of hype and for someone like me who thought like oh man maybe it's really good maybe just people don't talk about it because it's not one of those mainstream things blah 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 like no there's a reason why and if you need to hear our podcast to reassure you not to watch this movie then yeah use that as such do as you will cite sources and whatnot but this is just egregious and not the best um Uh, mm What do we watch next week? I hope it's better than this. <laughs> oh, Lord, if I know. Hold on. Let's pull up the list, shall we? Let's see what's on the list. Let's go to Microsoft. Um, I think, me thinks, me thinks. Nope, that's classwork. I need my movie list. <laughs> Crap, hold on. <laughs> Technical difficulties at my end. Where the fuck is that song from? Sorry. <laughs> Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. We're in it. Savannah. We we just were like, what? We we love spring. We're like, what? With Malcolm and Marie. The next one's gonna be a doozy. And a doozy for our souls. Because next time we're talking the 49th parallel Ooh. and beast of no nation. Oh wow. What a get week. a box of tissues. If anyone else who is gonna see that movie and kind of be like, oh, I'm gonna watch it before they watch it. Get your tissues. Get your hand sanitizer. So after you wipe the snot away from your nose, you're not spreading your little germs. <laughs> like I'm telling you right now. And you know, you might need to give a call to your mommy afterwards and be like, I love you. I thank you for giving me toilet paper or whatever. You know? Just it's it's gonna be a rough one. So just be warned. Be warned. And then after that, we go on a little bit of a nicer note with uh talking about Kingdom, the TV show, season one okay, and two. Good little break. And then Ooh, we dive into what, something I've been looking forward to since we've started this podcast, and that is discussing dis- – I keep saying disgusting. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is talking about um, Three Colors, the bundle. Oh, I'm so excited. We got some bangers coming up. And who knows? Maybe a few guests along the way. Who, you, you never know. You never know. You just never know. But um, as always, uh, thank you so much to Homeboy James and Sensei David. And if you're like, dang, those are pretty sick nicknames. Well, subscribe to our Patreon. And for a dollar, you can be crowned a nickname. You know, we you can choose it too, as long as it's PG-13, you know. <laughs> I don't need anything too aggressive to say after every episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't be like, oh, We're yeah, PG, up. everybody. Yeah, don't, don't. Family just- friendly on here. We try, even though I did muffle an F-bomb to myself accidentally. But it's okay. We learn. <laughs> we learn from my mistakes. Um, but thank you so much to everyone who is listening to, to this. Um, if you're not subscribed to YouTube or to our all our links and whatnot, just check out all the links below in the description. And until next time, bring your box of tissues for the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.